0: M-S-W-Media. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist subscribe and get a new episode of the final word podcast each week it's the news we think you need to hear that's right we think you need to hear it okay yeah it's what we say so that's right and because all we do is give every thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast idiot of the week we round up the stupid because you know what somebody has to okay all we do is give
1: Talk show. I know. I feel like I'm on a talk show. We have our first in-person guest ever. This is Sunny. Sunny has gracefully decided to join this lovely professional podcast where we're definitely not sitting in my patio furniture because these are the only two chairs I own that are the same height. You look great. Is your air conditioner on really loud?
2: Yes, and I can
1: turn it off. <sighs> okay, perfect.
2: Women in tech. We can do it. Women in tech, but not in air conditioning. Women in HVAC.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Teacher Quit Talk where all of us quit. Woo-hoo! We keep accidentally having on people that haven't quit, but then we try and convince them to. Not recently. No, we've actually, I've been pretty good about it. No, you have. I'm redacted. If this is your first visit to our studio, Fraz is Fraz.
2: Fraz is Fraz.
1: And? I'm Sunny. Hi, Sunny. Tell us a little bit about yourself, as
0: much or as little detail as you would like. Where'd you teach? Why'd you teach? Who'd you teach? (laughs) So I taught English language arts to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. I was teaching three grades, but I was also teaching honors and regular for each grade. This is, like, a terrible (laughs)
1: confession, but for my honors kids, I would just, like, make it a little bit harder. If, if like, in the regular ed class,
0: it was, like, write five sentences to honors, I'd be, like, seven. That's (laughs) what I ended up having to, like, do. They had, like, different... I'm, like, already forgetting the terminology of teaching. That's
2: good. Make room for better shit. Um, (laughs) Your brain deleted it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so during DI... I had to make specified lesson plans for the different honors and regular and for each group, group within years. <laughs> and they, they were like, hey. We know you have honors and regular ed and three grade levels, but if you could
1: also subdivide every group into five groups and then differentiate in <laughs> those groups also, that would be great.
0: That's basically was my life for two years. Shocker you didn't stay. Yeah. I, I can't believe I survived that long. Once I commit to something, I'm like, I'm going to finish this out. I'm like really hard headed mm-hmm. that way. So I was like, I'm going to finish this. I'm not going to like quit mid-year on my kids because I really did love my kids. That was what kept me there, but I hated everything else about teaching.
1: I did a PD at the school that you taught at. It had just appeared to be a really intense environment with a lot of emotional needs that weren't being met. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like a couple weeks later, I saw you doing yoga with all
0: of your students. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's not the same school, is it? And I was like, no, what's going on, on here? So much chaotic energy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I, what do these kids need to like calm the fuck down? And I'm also a yoga instructor. At first I started doing like, me- mindful meditations like the first five minutes of class and they like did not take it seriously at all at first but then they would start asking for it and we would start extending the time of meditation and they would actually start getting quiet and then I was like you know what you guys want to start doing like a little bit of yoga and I like tried yeah. to start a yoga club but then COVID shut it down so like that didn't happen but yeah I started doing yoga with them and that was really nice it really helped me bomb the kids and they saw a side of me that they didn't see beforehand so yeah I like kids find that. out about a
1: hobby you have and it like they really get interested in it even if it's like something that was of no interest to them at all like I remember I knew this one teacher who collected something it was something kids wouldn't give a shit about I can't remember what it was it wasn't stamps but like something with that kind of energy and the kids were telling me about it and
0: I was like that's what really like got you jazzed like that's what yeah, got you I mean, to like this one <laughs> what what I learned is like If I wanted my kids to be excited about something, I had to be excited about it. So if you're excited about fucking stamps, like you're truly (laughs) excited about it, like they're going to know if you're not actually excited about it. If you're just faking it, they're going to know. I'm truly excited about yoga. I was really excited about sharing that practice with them because it's been such a like awesome journey for me to go on myself. And they picked up on it and they were receptive to it. It just took some time, but I hope they're still doing it. I bet at least a couple of
1: them are. Kids really do
2: respond so well to meditation and mindfulness and yoga and all of that I did it too they loved it it makes a difference yeah they
0: definitely pretended to hate it at first some of them pretended to hate it like even when we got into it but they would still like fall asleep mm-hmm. these kids are like cracked out like 24-7 on like mm-hmm. on like, like red sign number four <laughs> yes. and like Splenda yes. but, like, on the ceiling at all times mm-hmm. so I'm like if if I can get you guys to fall asleep like I know that I'm doing something right yeah
2: and we're, like <laughs> middle school that's hard because they're so self-conscious. You can't fall asleep unless
0: you're actually relaxed. Yeah. If you're
2: freaked out about what everybody thinks of you, you're not going to fall
0: asleep. Yeah. Well, I got lucky because I did teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. My sixth and seventh graders from my first year, I had them again the next year. So we had a lot of time together. When I left my sixth to seventh graders, they were my babies. Like we had the best like dynamic my second year. It was really hard for me my first year. Like every first year teacher has that experience. I'm pretty sure. But we had a great like culture, going the second year and like I was really sad to leave them but I was not sad to leave the system. Yeah you said your school was really chaotic. What do you mean by chaotic? Um, My principal was like a nut job. I mean he just didn't take responsibility for anything like there was a fellow teacher that I was really good friends with and he said he walked into the office several times and he's just like on Netflix and he's like what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like you're at work right now dude. Like did you realize that? Yeah and there were like obvious affairs going Going on like between him and like one of the staff members. Stop. And and he would like call her sexy mama publicly, but he was married. Ew. (laughs) Does he know that he's out of school? When you say he called her sexy mama publicly, like in an email, like in a staff meeting? Like what do you it wasn't that public. (laughs) It was just like, you know, you're in the office, you're like talking by your box, grabbing your papers, and then like someone's like, hey. What do you want for breakfast? And he's like, whatever sexy mama over there wants. Ew.
1: Stop. (laughs) And he was married? Men have no shame. Yeah. I feel like the qualifications to be a principal, it's they like take the people that like failed the psychological test to enter the military and also people that cheat on their spouses and then like that Venn diagram. They're like, you should (laughs) be the school. This is perfect. This is great. (laughs) What year was this?
0: 2019, 2020? It
2: was before we were even teaching from home. We didn't start watching Netflix at work until we were home teaching.
0: He was ahead of the game. No, he had the (laughs) Roku in the office. But beyond that like he would send like really nasty emails so like he would be so hands-off we wouldn't hear from him for like half the quarter and then those people would come in what's their names again oh the fucking the district the district
1: the district would come and like pick random rooms to walk in and then like look for things in that room but not talk to you about it and then like make a report of everything that was missing
0: yeah so I would by hands off I mean like I would be calling the office because there's a fight in my classroom my first year no fights happen my second year because I had that shit unlocked. but my first year I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know how to get respect and there there were a lot of fights in my classroom and i would be calling the office trying to get someone up there to help me with a fight cuz i have a kid bleeding on the ground and no one would come up they'd be like well welcome to education miss i hate when they said that about kids getting beat up in the classroom and like, no one's coming to life. like like so you were like oh my god the books i have the spine is cracked and they like, <laughs>
1: welcome to education where that's like kind of a fun little jokey joke it's like there is someone's child on the floor bleeding like I am concerned that I'm the only one concerned or something that happens to us they always say don't touch the kids don't get involved it's like oh just just let let them the
2: first time that I heard that was from you I think redacted because you know in elementary school nobody talks to us about what to do or not to do during a fight like we are not allowed to restrain kids we know that but like the logical response for my brain is always like will get in between them. Because if you can't touch them, what are you going to do? I
1: had pretty on top of it security at the school that I taught at and I never had a fight in my room. I had two almost fights. And the first one I broke up and they were like, hey, it'd be awesome if you could never do that ever again. Because the kids were like up in each other's faces, but they hadn't hit each other. So I like got in between them and like pushed their arms apart, if that makes sense, just to kind of give them a little space. And then I made one of them go in the hallway and they told me to never do that again. And then after that, they told me, me that the protocol is like call for security and then get all the other kids to the other side of the room as fast as you can but I never had it get to that point. There was only one other time where they started to kind of have like a moment and then I was like I'll call security and then security heard me say that so they started walking up and then it ended there.
0: Like as a woman with like maternal instinct especially if kids that you like fucking love to death. Exactly. You know like I'm not gonna sit there and watch my kids get beat up. I'm sorry. I'm gonna break it up because that's the human thing to do. I don't care if I get punched honestly That's the mindset I had in the classroom. Anyway, so... Back to what I was saying before. The district would come in and they would like raid our stuff. And then we get like a bad review. And this especially happened my first year because I didn't have time to get anything organized. Like I was there till like 7 p.m. every day trying to figure out how to organize my stuff. I wasn't getting any help. The only help I ever got was from my fellow um, teacher who also taught English next door. And thank God for her because she would stay with me late and like help me and like help me figure it out. It wasn't her job to do that. But it's always other teachers who have our back. And then we would get like the nastiest, most professional email I've ever seen in my life about like how we were like shitty teachers and like this that and the other thing. It was just such a toxic environment. I'm like how are you gonna like not give me any support, not tell me what to do and then all of a sudden you're on my ass and then they were in my classroom like all the time after the district came in. I'm like we could have avoided all this if you were just giving me a support I needed from day one.
1: Right. Or even like an email with a list. Like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like literally if you had just told me what they were gonna look for I'd <laughs> would have done it the district would come and rip you apart and then your absent principal would be like this is all your fault I've never loved you and I couldn't have done anything to prevent this
0: (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) pretty much and like he was just very aggressive and not just him my AP as well my AP my first year was really good um, like, not really good. She was better. <laughs> like she <I> was average. <laughs> it was amazing. Let me, like, pick a better word here. <laughs> she was better. She was a little bit more present. I could ask her questions and she was softer. She didn't have nonviolent communication. Well, my AP my second year would like come in my classroom and like see a kid like putting his head down. And uh, like this example was like literally one of my like best, most quiet, respectful kids in my classroom. He finished his work When my kids finish their work, I let them rest because that's what I want to do when I finish my work. I don't want someone to give me more work to do just to fill my time. I -hmm. think that that should be rewarded. So he finished his work and his work, by the way, was on iReady and he had finished it. I let him put his head down. She comes in and she's like, what's he doing? And I was like, he's resting. And she was like, is he done with his test? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, what did he score? And I was like, I'm not telling you that in front of the class. And she comes over and looks at my screen. And she goes, is that him in the red in front of everybody in front of everybody in the classroom? And I I said, I'm going to take you outside. And I took her outside and I was like, don't you ever come in my classroom and do that again. That was crossing the line times 10 for me. I was so upset about that. Out of every choice she possibly could have made,
1: why that? Like what possessed her to... I don't know. And like, then when
0: I took her and like brought like my principal and everyone in a meeting, she denied all of it. She tried to gaslight me. She's like, well, maybe you just received it that way. I was like, no, I didn't receive it that way. It was what happened. It was factual. I can bring every single kid in my class classroom in here to back me up. But I don't think you want me to do that.
1: It's such a power move when you threaten to bring in a kid to back you up because they back down really quick when you do that. Yeah, Like I have not... A similar situation, but I had a time where they were like, That didn't happen. And I was like, I have 70 11th graders who would disagree with you. And they were like, We can talk about it. We can, let's get through this. Like, I was like, Oh, suddenly
0: I'm not a liar. She was like, Yeah, well, I apologize that I, I came across that way. I was like, No, you didn't come across that way. You were that way. Yeah, don't
2: let them gaslight you. I'm so glad you said that. There
0: was never any accountability, but I will say that she never crossed me again. So I was really proud of myself. Teaching really taught me how to like build up my my boundaries and stand up for myself, which I took to my next career path in exotic dancing.
1: you were teaching for two years at the end of the two
0: years was that like a hard decision or were you already like i was so confused i was really so confused i was so lost especially when we went back um after covid when we went back physically like i had a whole mental breakdown i was dating someone that broke up with me because he was like you're fucking crazy and i was like (laughs) and i was like i'm not crazy i'm like going through shit you're like I'm not crazy I'm just a victim of the public school system system. I was like I promise I'm not like this all the time I started like just really going in on like a like a spiritual path and I was like going to a lot of yoga I was like going to retreats I started teaching yoga at retreats and I met a pole dancer at a retreat in December so like a few months after we went back to school so I was like I can't survive this unless I'm like essentially in spiritual psychosis so that was like that was my mindset at the time I was like everything is aligned everything's going to work out in my favorite. And you know what? It did. But now I look back on it, I was like, I was fucking crazy. I was going no, through it. I,
1: I have, I also went through the exact same thing where literally I still have the papers in my room right there where I was like, okay, you're just going to write down what needs to happen. And you're going to get out of this darkness of teaching. And I just like was writing things down that I wanted I, to happen. And it aligned. So be I was delusional
0: like, until it happens. Like exactly, exactly. That's my new mindset. But yeah, I go to this yoga retreat and I meet a pole dancer and I was always like really attracted to pole dancing. And I was like, oh, like I love pole dancing. Like I would love to like if you could teach me a few things and... And it turned out she lived down the street from me. Because you were aligned. That's so how she lived down the street from me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm telling you. And, like, I wasn't supposed to go to this retreat either. I was upset because that dude broke up with me. And I called my friend who was running the retreat. And she's like, you know what? I was going to teach yoga at my retreat. But, like, I feel like you need to come. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, I feel like I need to come too. I'm fucking losing my mind. So, I, yeah, I come. I meet this girl. She teaches me pole dancing. I'm, like, obsessed from day one. And I buy a pole for myself. And then I'm on it every day. It becomes, like, my yoga. Of practice living this double Hannah Montana life, being a school teacher and going home and like pole dancing and posting my pole dancing videos on social media, just like, <laughs> on, a like pu- just- on a public account. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> You're like, this is fine. Just, just this,
1: You're this, like, that's not me. This is I don't totally know fine. I'm like,
0: they have bigger issues. They're not going to come for me. I couldn't figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. Like, even during this time, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school to get my master's in public health. Like, I was really, like, wanting to stay aligned with going into politics, saving the world, like, helping the world be a better place. And I still kind of want to do that, but, like, maybe in a different way. I took a year off and I traveled. And when I was traveling, I had, like, all these epiphanies. I had a near-death experience. And when I, like, was in that position, like, I was by myself in Nicaragua. And I was like, nothing matters. Nothing, like... I don't have to do anything in this life except for things that make me happy. I always took so much responsibility for things that weren't my responsibility. And like being in that moment where I was like on the brink of death and like not having my family with me, I was like, everything can be taken from me in a second. So why am I stressing myself out for no reason? And then a week later I was like, I think I'm gonna go be a stripper. I was like, I love pole dancing. I wanna make money, so why not?
1: Life Um, hack if you don't know what to do with your life. Almost (laughs) passed away in a
0: foreign country alone. In that moment of clarity, you'll be aligned. Right. (laughs) But it doesn't end there. Like, the alignments kept happening. I went to Hawaii because I still, like, I was scared. Like, I was, like... I started selling my news online. I was like, what is, what is wrong with me? What's going on? Like, I wanted to go into politics and now I'm I've always (laughs) said,
1: I think the next glass ceiling we have is a president who once had an OnlyFans because it's going to happen. Actually, before we get to that glass ceiling, the glass ceiling prior will be a president who's had their nudes leaked because I feel like current politicians, when they get their nudes leaked, it's like, well, you were doing that shit while you were a politician. What the fuck? But in 20 years, we're going to have people who like, that was normal teenage, young adulthood- normal regular anybody behavior and like then you did politics it's gonna happen study for president
0: (laughs) anyway um I was like really scared and I wasn't like jumping into it I just knew that it was what I wanted to do and I, I went to Hawaii and I was like working at a retreat center there like still trying to like figure my shit out and I would hitchhike to Hilo which was like an hour away from where I was staying. (laughs) And I would go there every weekend and like go to the pole studio. And I met a girl who lived in San Diego who was a stripper. And I was planning on moving to San Diego anyway. My backup plan was to do massage school So I was, like, looking at a massage school in San Diego, and I was, like, oh, well, I think I'm going to move there anyway. So, yeah, like, I'll come audition at your club. Like, in the back of my mind, I was, like, I'm not going to like this. Like, I'm not going to like any of this. I think that I'll just do it on the weekends and, like, make my money doing something that I like to do, which is pole dancing. And, like,
1: put up with the... Put
0: up with the lap dances and all that. And I won't have to work, like... Five nights a week serving or doing whatever I would have to do to go to massage school. I started stripping, and the first two months I was like really still going through it, like what what the fuck am I doing? But then like I don't know, I just came to this place of like this is what I want to do. Like mm. I don't mind the lap dances. I actually find them kind of fun sometimes if I am digging the customer. Like not like a tri- like I'm attracted to them. I want to like fuck like, them. But
1: no, like- I feel like it's the same energy as when you have like a. Regular at your bar Like there's still a customer And I don't want to Hang out with you But I definitely prefer you To other
0: customers Right So like I have I have certain regulars or, or like just people Who come in Where I'm just like You know what I feel like we'd be Friends out of here yeah, And like It's just like Going to the club With your friends And like grinding On your friends But it's not like It doesn't mean anything You know It's like the same thing For me but My club is also like Only topless No touch Basically you have Like your own authority Over like what goes down In the lap dance room But definitely no extras Are happening Like no one's Sucking dick at my club So like like the, I feel really safe there.
1: The way that, like, and I truly just mean this with all the peace and love and just putting out the irony, the way that your boundaries are more protected as a stripper than they were
0: as a teacher. Oh, like right. Like, the way
1: that your employer at the strip club is like, I want to make sure you're feeling safe and
0: respected. And teaching, they were like, Nye. Even the security there was like, no, we got your back. Like, you know, if you want someone out, they're out. And I was like, fuck, like, I couldn't even get security in my room when there were kids fighting. Like, I definitely found, like, a lot of empowerment with dancing. I quit massage school because I was like, fuck, I just want to, like, make six figures and invest and, like, enjoy the rest of my 20s and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's where I'm at now. It's an incredible journey. I just constantly surprise myself. If you had told, like, 20-year-old me that was, like, really into, like, doing nonprofit work and graduating with a near-perfect GPA, I was so focused on school and on my career that I was going to quit at all and say fuck it and become a stripper. Like, I would be like, what? (laughs) Past you would have been like, someone get her into therapy right now. What are you all doing? (laughs)
1: Like,
0: if I had a psychic back then, I... I'm glad I didn't. But now you're aligned. and now I, I'm aligned and I do have a sidekick. Exactly. <laughs> now is the
1: perfect time to have a sidekick. And I also will say I loved seeing your journey of your career because – I don't know. I feel like see. I saw your experience at the same time that I saw a couple other people make like career changes and things. And it kind of just opened my mind that it, not everything has to be so linear and like planned and like a perfect trajectory of up and up and up. There's so many ebbs and flows in a career and like, maybe for one job, the benefit it's giving you is a lot of money. And maybe for a different job, the benefit it's giving you is like a lot of purpose and social connection. And it just kind of showed me that like, there's so much value in all these different career fields that you might not think of as being like a connected or a next step, but like you have to kind of prioritize what value you want to take out of your job, which in this case is like joy in feeling safe and respected.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to say that I feel respected all the time. It can be, it can be degrading at times. Like I'm not going to like sell that lie that like stripping is like glorious and like it takes a certain type of person. You have to have really strong boundaries. You have to be able to handle rejection really well. Because you're going to get rejected over and over and over again. You're going to get 20 no's before you get a yes. But you have to be consistent. Like, I hate it when people say that stripping is easy money.
1: There's no such thing it's as it's not
0: money. easy money. It's fast money. But it's not easy money. And for me, it's worth it. For me. Mm-hmm. But for some people, it's not worth it. I'm a very physical person. And I don't mind being snuggly with a stranger. Because I personally think men especially need more of that and And I wish they could get it yeah (laughs) they I wish they would get it from their friends but like whatever like if you need to pay me to like snuggle you I will yeah I mean they come in and they tell me like about their divorces like I'm I'm just a sexy therapist yeah I was gonna say that yeah not like that but I was just gonna (laughs) say like Men
1: are very much in crisis and I feel like they just are seeking out emotional connection and for a lot of them they don't realize that that's their intention when they're going to a strip club but it is.
0: It takes a while to get there. Something I put together is like the guy that's giving me creepy serial killer if I can't have you knowing can vibes really just needs a good hug and someone to like talk to. It's so weird. I just had this experience this weekend where like I had this guy in the champagne room and I was like he's super like happy and exciting on the floor and then I get him in the champagne room and he's just giving me like weirdest vibes ever I was like this seems like a different person like what's going on I got scared and then he like he told me some really dark shit that he was going through and I was like that makes sense you're drinking like you wanted to come across as this big bag strong guy who was gonna like be I don't know like like daddy energy But really, you just needed, like, someone to hug you and someone to tell you that, like, you need to put yourself first and you need to see your worth and, like, all those things. Just validate. I see that play out a lot where they come in and I'm like, okay, you're fucking crazy. I'm, like, scared. And then they, like, turn into this, like, like, sobbing, like, mess. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like... You're like wow. That's what that
1: was. Like <laughs> you're like that violent aggression I was feeling the moment you walked in the door. You're just actually a puddle of tears. You're this just actually
0: really sad. Like this is how that manifests for you. And I mean, yeah, I used to like want to think that like women and men were more alike, but like we are so, so different. We're so different. So different. And I think that, like, coming to that conclusion is, like, the best thing that women
1: can do. I have men issues. Like, I just, like, I could never do the work that you're doing because I would, like, scream at them. Like, I think it takes so much emotional regulation and, like, professionalism in this that industry that I just don't possess. But anyway, I digress. The thing that, like, has made me able to interact with men and, like, hate it so much less is, like, setting the expectation in my own brain that they are looking at the world through a completely different perspective and I have to be as explicit and literal as possible and say exactly what I want and exactly what I need because you cannot have any faith in them to read between the lines because I think we just (laughs) interact so differently. Yeah,
0: they're a lot more black and white than we are but at the same time there's so much like inner shit that they don't access. I feel like men could have so much more depth and I have met men that do have so much more depth than the majority of men that you meet. I just feel like you know, they say that patriarchy doesn't work in men's favor in all cases. And that's really like what stands out to me the most is that like, they really are kind of starved of a lot of like the human experience because they're not able to express in the same way that women are.
1: I was thinking that same thing. I don't remember why I was thinking about this. But one of my friends had a parent pass away and like her friend community really rallied around her and was like hugging her and taking meals to her apartment. And I was just thinking about Like if if she was a man, I don't know any male friend group that would have that kind of emotional support towards someone and that like emotional raw vulnerability. And I think that men really a lot of times only get that like from their intimate partner and not from anyone like,
0: outside of that. Yeah, and that's why they come to the strip club. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because they don't always have an intimate partner. But, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen it, like, within, like, more, like, spiritual yoga groups. Like, men are a lot more connected to their, like, feminine side, and they do hold space for each other in that way, but it's very rare to find. Yeah.
1: Would you ever, in a million
0: years, think about going back to teaching? I I actually have dreams about it all the time. I mean, the only... Not because I want to, but I think it's just, you know, in a world in which I were getting paid more to do that work, I would. Mm -hmm. But like, for the money, it's not worth it like it's not worth the stress honestly in the states we're putting our lives at risk every time we walk in the school building i just don't find that to be worth it for like you would have to pay me six figures and i don't think that like that's a big ask i think it's not at all if we want the country to turn around at all we need to start prioritizing education because that's why it's going down the shitter we don't give a fuck about education and then you know what that produces To me, paying teachers
1: $100,000 makes 100% sense. And I can't see a reason why you wouldn't do that. Because to me, like in pretty much any field, 100k is like the starting salary of someone who's considered like respected, qualified and important and super needed. You know what I mean? But that's like a a senior level title. And I hate that when we hear paying a teacher's $100,000. It's like groundbreaking to people and I'm like no like that reflects the level of professionalism and the qualifications and the
0: work that goes into this do you know how many more people would want to teach if they can make 100k teaching because people that are smart that know they can make money elsewhere they might try teaching for a couple years But they're never going to stick to it because they're like, why would I do this when I could do that and make way more and have to deal with so much less shit?
1: This is, I can't remember where I read this or watched it or whatever. And it like is so depressing to think about that women gaining more rights in the workplace was one of the worst things to happen to the education system because like my grandmother was a mastered level professional and she desperately wanted to work in science and face so much gender discrimination that she could not do that so she became an AP biology teacher instead so they had an extremely smart and extremely qualified person teaching that but had she been born 30 years later she fucking hated those kids she apparently complained about them all the time and constantly was like I want to work at a lab I hate this But this is the only job in science that I can get. And I want to do science. So I guess I'll put up with it. How many people today, myself included, that have that passion for anything and you realize like, oh, teaching isn't going to pay me what I'm worth. But if you were stuck and that's the only way you could have
0: a job, that's what you would do. Damn. I've never thought about it Through that lens Isn't that horrible To think about Yeah that's so horrible (laughs) Poor grandma
1: I feel like She would be so mad That I taught She'd be like Are you fucking kidding me She'd be like You're less educated than me And you're teaching What's wrong with you People don't
0: respect Teachers like that Like I've heard so many People say like Oh well those who can't do Teach And like that's the That's the opinion That like a majority People have about teachers They're like Oh teachers don't Really know shit But like why does that Make sense in people's heads I think in
1: I don't know Brain science Like the best way to know something is to teach it people who teach something know it way better than anyone who has never had to explain it to another person not to center men on this podcast but my boyfriend used to be a financial advisor and he said that when he started being a financial advisor mentor for younger financial advisors it like made him so much better and he saw everything with like a different perspective and so it's disgusting that he's like Ugh those who can't do teach. What can you do? (laughs) I love this.
2: Just like listening to your journey, your job now obviously has struggles too, but I just think it's so great that you have people who help you hold your boundaries and help keep you safe. That's what everybody should have in their workplace. Yeah,
0: and again, I'm not, every club is different. So I just want to reiterate that there are clubs that are absolutely not safe and there's girls being trafficked and I always want to shed light to that because I'm really privileged to work in the club that I work at, I feel really safe, and I'm really grateful to have that opportunity to choose sex work and feel safe in it. But that's not the experience yeah. for everyone, and I just want to highlight that because that's something that I'm really passionate about seeing a shift, and I would love to see sex work more regulated and more respected as a profession.
1: We're also even talking about the differences between California and Florida. I work in real estate now, and I we were looking at this house, me and my coworkers, and every Everyone was like, what the fuck is this house? This is so weird. No one could figure out what it was because there were a gazillion cars outside. And then the furniture in each room was just like an odd setup. And I was, they were like, this makes no sense. No one would ever live here with this furniture. Like there were like way too many bedrooms and no kitchen. Like it was just weird. And then I told them, I was like, I bet money that they stage this house to shoot porn in it because in California sex workers are way more protected and way more regulated than they are in Florida so a lot of companies choose to produce in Florida over California so they don't have to deal with like workplace safety and being a decent employer
0: yeah California definitely has some like solid things in place to protect sex workers and I came to dance here and I saw it's like going from one extreme to the other and because I have been dancing for like like almost a year now, I'm pretty good at like holding my boundaries and like I can go to a club that's like dirty or dirtier than mine at least because pretty much all of them are dirtier than mine and still uphold my boundaries and like mm-hmm. keep myself safe and like comfortable to an extent. But um, it's crazy how much more unregulated it is here. The clubs here truly have like brothel energy. We want the safety vibe, don't yeah. the brothel vibe. The club here um, that I went to is supposed to be the cleanest club and they don't want you to do extras. They'll say, if you, you'll get fired if you do. Girls still do it. But there are other clubs that literally have champagne rooms with a bed in them, with a shower in them, hot tubs. And I'm just like, how do they get away with that? Because that's like obviously a brothel. Like what champagne room needs a bed and a hot tub and a shower? Like that's crazy. Like so how do you
1: even get your liquor license? Like as a government I employee know, ever I walked into this I building? mean, that's
0: just so like, it just speaks to how unregulated for. Florida is in so many ways. In so many ways. Florida is so unregulated. I did fine there just because it wasn't my first like stripping job and I know what I'm doing and I know how to like say no, but I would never want to see, like I saw so many like young, like 18, 19, 20 year olds coming in. I would never want to see them working there as their first dancing job. I feel like any job that you have to have such
1: like good emotional skills and boundary setting skills, I feel like maybe just everyone needs a frontal lobe. Like maybe we don't have that job. Till our brain is done growing. And I think that that's fine.
0: I have a therapist that works with a lot of sex workers. And she was like, honestly, I think every person before they go into dancing, they need to get like a mental health clearance. It really does. Like if you have an addictive personality, like you're going to get suckered into a lot of shit there. And you might end up losing money or like overdose. Like there's a get roofied. Like there's so many things that could happen if you don't have like your shit together. You know, there should be like a stripper's
1: union that pays for this. (laughs) they're actually
0: trying to unionize in LA but the thing is is it's like it's kind of a double-edged sword because they actually succeeded and they got um a law called AB5 passed and basically they wanted more rights for the dancers Mm -hmm. but something I love about dancing is no one can tell me when to come in I go in when I want to nice yeah I and that's great because I like really value freedom and like I, I, I love just being my own boss and, like, deciding that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no one can tell you when to come in. You can go in whenever you want, and no one really knows how much money you make. They can mm-hmm. have an idea, like, if you get, like, a bunch of champagne rooms, like, they, they might know a, a minimum of how much you made, but they don't really know how much you made, yeah. and they can't force you to tip out based on that. I mean, you have to tip out a little bit, like, no matter what, but they can't, like, be like, oh, you you yeah. make this much, you need to tip out 30% of it's that. It's not
1: like the restaurant industry where they print your receipt at the end right. of the night and, like denote oh you made X amount percentage tips on this, like it's not like that.
0: So what the girls who unionize and I don't think they meant to do it, they've truly had their the best like, intentions and, like, unionizing, but they got this law passed that, like, you have to be employee status now. You can't be a sole proprietor.
1: Oh. Um, so you have to be W-2, not W-9. You have to be W-2. Oh, that's a whole different world. Yeah,
0: and they can choose your schedule, which dancing is super hard on the body, and it's really hard on your, like, head too so like I can't imagine someone telling me that I have to come in four times a week because sometimes that's just not possible like sometimes I'm too sore sometimes I've had something shitty happen the week before and I need time to process and take time to myself at the end of the day some dancers might prefer that I personally would not and I would prefer to have the choice to be a sole proprietor but like with the law that's passed now the clubs there are not so good because all the dancers love to go somewhere else
1: I feel like following you on social media had, like, like opened my mind for some reason. Because when I saw you, like, go and travel, I was like, oh my god, I'm so jealous that she's taking a year off to travel. And then I was like, bitch, you don't have any fucking kids. Like, what is the difference between you and her? (laughs) Anybody could do it. I was like, I was like, I could sell all my shit and travel. And I haven't done that. But, like, seeing you do that made me remember that, like, that is always a choice. And that, like, you're not nearly as locked into things as you feel that you are. Especially
0: if you go traveling. I mean, this again Mm. plays into like privilege and money yeah, and money but like if you are traveling like Central and South America it's a lot cheaper than traveling other places I was making money along the way but I left with like six or seven K and I was like I'm just going to travel till it runs out and I was like tutoring online and like doing random things random gigs for money here and there but not not that much that's impressive but it's possible because I would do work trades Uh, oh yeah yeah and so I would like travel for a little while and then I would stay put somewhere doing like a work trade like I said I worked at a retreat center in Hawaii and then I did another work trade with another, like, ego hotel in the Dominican Republic. And it was kind of nice to, like, take those breaks, too, yeah. from, like, constantly, like, being on a bus and going to a new place. I also admire your adaptability. I think I
1: react a little dramatically if I don't even have, like, my Stanley Cup within 10 feet of me. So I
0: don't think it would
1: take me more than $6,000. Yeah, I,
0: that's probably like one of my like favorite qualities about myself is that like I know that I can literally do anything because I am very adaptable. It's It's, an impressive quality to have. Thank you. (laughs) Again, it's another double-edged sword because like I make very impulsive decisions because I know I'm going to make it work, but I'm like, okay, well, like, was that still the best decision?
1: (laughs) You're like, just because it worked out doesn't
0: mean (laughs) mean I should have done it, but everything's turned out fine so far, but I'm just like, damn. Yeah, sometimes I'm like I'm really impulsive like I can't believe I did that
1: (laughs) but you're right it does always work out like you're smart you're adaptable and you're nice it always shakes out in a way that's productive so other than the pay is there anything that could get you back to teaching or any part of teaching that like you miss in your life?
0: I really feel like the biggest thing is the money. I think a four day work week would also be helpful. 90k at least and a four day work week I feel like that would get me back in the classroom if I could find like a good school district. If like the The queen of the universe
1: was like, Sonny, what do you think I need to do to fix public education in America? I'm going to pay the teachers $90,000. Like, what piece of chaos do you feel like would be the most impactful if we remove that
0: chaos? Class sizes that were a result of teacher shortage. During COVID, when we were hybrid, I had a class of 42 sixth graders, 20-something kids online, 20-something kids in person, and nine of them were special ed. And, like, I was supposed to have a special ed teacher, but he never showed up. He was work-from-home. He was older, and he got some sort of clearance to work from home for the rest of the year and he would still like hardly ever show up or do anything to help me so yeah it was just me and oh it was so hard but yeah I think that was my biggest struggle like I really thrived in my classes that were smaller the honors classes I had were sometimes like 12 to 16 kids and like I think that is like really ideal for a classroom setting and it was ideal for me as a student because I tried going to public school growing up and I have ADHD and it was too stimulating to be in the big classes in public school like my mom fought like tooth and nail to make sure that I could go back to private school I would have to get pulled out sometimes we couldn't afford it my parents were going through a divorce and like it was a mess but I would always end up back in that private school and I always made like straight A's there but if I went to the public school it was straight C's because it was just too overstimulating for me there's too much drama going on like I just really think that a smaller classroom size is probably best for the majority of students
1: so there's like a rule that someone told me that they were like oh a kid can focus for the number of minutes that corresponds to their age. So like a five-year-old, you got five minutes. A 15-year-old, you got 15 minutes. And I feel like that same rule is like really applicable to class size for age. Because like when I taught toddlers, even though I only had four of them in my class, I like felt like I was drowning because you can know, like one person can't take care of four two-year-olds. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then with high schoolers, I had a class, the biggest I ever had was 32. That was rough. But my favorite class size, which is what I usually had, was like 18 to 20 and I feel like around like the and then you're saying with middle schoolers like that 12 is a really good number.
0: If they paid people more, more people would show up to the classroom and they would be able to have smaller classrooms.
1: I wonder if like Joseph Biden passed an order that said like the minimum teacher pay is $90,000 how many people would come out of like research fields and like science fields and like museums and like people that do like copywriting online. I feel like people in corporate america like people would come like out of the shadows and be like oh my god i want to be a teacher i can do it and pay my mortgage i feel like there are a lot of people that would do it if it paid and you get the
0: summers off love that that's like an instant sell 90k and i get the summers off hell yeah i would totally do that
1: why aren't we in charge of recruitment (laughs) is there anything else you want to share with the the lovely people of teacher quit talk land do you have any advice?
0: Just like follow your heart and like, don't let like your logical brain stop you from believing in what's possible because you can literally do whatever you want. There is no reason to stick to something that makes you feel horrible about life. There are so many opportunities out there as like daunting as it might feel to like start exploring. If you make the decision that you want to do something, it will all align as long as you're taking aligned action
1: me and you are kind of the same way where we say like oh I need to be aligned in this and like my intention and I feel like a lot of people like oh you think you can just think it and then it'll happen and that's really not what any of us are saying we're saying like (laughs) if you're in the mindset of thinking about it that'll be reflected in your actions as well
0: there's a lot of people that are like oh yeah all you have to do is write down what you want and it's not like that like yes you do have to write down what you want but you have to take the baby steps too like you have to like take the initiative there's like an equation to like manifestation I almost hate that word now because like it's so overused and like it's used in the wrong way but it's intention vision and aligned action and that's how you get to where you want to be it's not just the intention and the vision it's the steps you, have, you can't forget the steps.
1: This is a very, like, I feel like people are going to listen to this episode and be like, normally this podcast is just squawking, and I feel like actually really informed and
0: enlightened about my spirituality and my life from this. So thank you. <laughs> and and sex work. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be surprised by how many witchy strippers exist. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know that
1: I'm surprised
2: by that at all,
0: actually. <laughs> I was surprised because I feel like the stereotype that I was shared was like, don't make friends, go there, do your job everyone there is there for themselves and they don't care about you and that's just not the experience i've had most strippers are extremely kind i'll like meet this double caked stripper and she looks like someone who i would have thought before is very unapproachable because i had those pre-existing judgments but i go up to her and she's like this like spiritual badass babe who is like a a hot succubus you know (laughs) A friend for and, life. And yeah, and I'm like, damn, like, I'm so sad that I, like, used to judge people, like, so quickly before, and I'm sad that I came into the stripper world, and I really didn't make friends there for, like, three months, because I was like, I don't want to be involved with any of you, I don't trust any of you, but yeah, a lot of them are, like, I call us the astrology hose. there's, like, a corner in the dressing room where we all, like, hang out and talk about astrology, um. Yeah, that's cute. Because <laughs> I used to like kind of struggle with making friends with girls, and like I've never connected with a large group of girls so much. Like I was Ooh. like, I, I relate to strippers more than I relate to like any women, and I don't know why. It's been a really healing experience for me to just like be friends with.
1: Yeah. I love a healing experience. One thing that's really good for creating genuine human connection that I think probably isn't the healthiest thing in the world is having to be like on stage and then off stage with someone, whatever that means to you. So, whether it's in like a performance sense with something like theater or stripping, or if it's like in a customer facing thing, like being able to see someone and work with them in an onstage way and then watching them drop their guard, I think it makes it a lot easier to start to be more vulnerable and connect because you're already doing like the first step mm-hmm. of being like, oh, we're not around the customers together. Right. Maybe anyone that's having conflict should just have to like work at Starbucks with the person they're in conflict in.
2: Oh God, yeah. no. <laughs> I, that might make it worse. I'm not working in the service industry with an enemy.
1: <laughs> okay, so maybe not Starbucks. Maybe do like a theater performance. <laughs> that, yeah, I
0: think that would be, be better. better, like have to do improv to together. No.
1: Uh, improv has to be a safe <laughs> space.
2: You can't You can't. I don't trust my enemies. She's a theater kid. Yeah, I
1: am. (laughs) We have a theater kid on the call with us. Well, this has been another exciting episode of Teacher Quit Talk. Thank you for listening. If you're on your way into work right now, just know that you can literally do whatever you want if you're aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are Mm -hmm. not held there. Like, I might feel like you are, but you are not. You are not. If you take away anything from our last two
2: episodes, it should be that you are not stuck where you are. You just aren't. It's a lie. Flap
1: your wings and fly. Like the ducks in the first episode of Sopranos. Maybe it was the second episode. I love ducks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for coming. And then we stop at the Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district.
2: Yeah, leave her alone.